Hello and welcome to So Far So Rare. This week I'm joined again by Professor Techers. Techers, is this number three? I think it is, yeah. I like I using you because you're the man. You, you, you have like, I always think like you know a lot. It's a really Thanks. weird way to introduce a podcast, but here we are. No retakes, baby. You, you know a lot. You, you roll me out when there's like a change to gameplay, and you're yeah, like, oh, I'm there's like, a lot of reading here. Yeah, I could yeah. read all of that, or I could ask Tekis exactly. to Exactly. You've nailed it. It was like this week, I was like, who do I get on? Andy Laird knows his stuff, so we're data, blah, 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 blah. Professor Tekkers, he'll know his stuff. He'll have read all this. He'll know the intricacies of cap modes and the implications. He's my guy. So, um, yeah, I also had you on for the Global Cup, and we did the draft. That went well. So a lot of people around here know you. If you don't, go and find him at Prof Techers underscore Techers on Twitter. Have you done any videos recently on your YouTube, or how's that going? Do you want to plug it or not? Uh, yeah, so I, I like I was super busy with work towards the end of last year, so struggled to sort of keep a regular cadence. But we've, you know, Josh and I have started recording again. Um, we put one out last week. I've got another one that I need to edit today and put out this weekend. So yeah, there's a few bits coming. Um, and I'm also probably going to do some sort of video previews on players that will be useful for Cap each week once that uh, launches as well. So, Unreal. yeah, hopefully there's some some useful stuff there. But I'm not um, as regular. I wouldn't sort of call myself a content creator. I do some videos now and again because I enjoy doing them. Um, cool. But I'm not I'm not able to keep the pace up, John. You know? Yeah, it's tough. This full time content <laughs> creator is. life. It is. What um What's the channel called for everyone listening? Link it below regardless. Yeah, I don't know if I've called it anything yet. I think it's just called <laughs> Professor Techers. So, you know, it shows how much, uh, yeah. how much time, how much grind I've put into it. Uh, I've just sort of, you know, thrown up a few videos. But yeah, let's go with the let's go with the link in the description below. because Link in the description to that channel. But again, for a bit of context, a lot of people around here will know you. Everyone listening on podcast and audio form will definitely know you. They've been around for a while, I'd say. Um you you were the winner of the one shot league a while back which was a kind of longer form competition which involved quite a bit of strategy that's how you burst onto the scene and since then you've um i don't know you I, I look at you as like one of the i don't know how to say this white knight nerds of the community where like not white knight white knight <laughs> implies like an insincerity or something like i don't know you fight the good fight against like just go with nerd you know that's cool. yeah it's nerds like that. okay yeah okay yeah. <laughs> one of the nerds of the community but we have a lot to catch up on um if people don't know who you are they can go and find out in one of the previous episodes let's just get stuck in because we have a lot to talk about um basically i recorded last week's podcast on a monday because i was going to paris for the nba which is crazy don't even know if i'll have much time to talk about that um if people give a fuck they can probably see it on my youtube uh this channel or the other one um but we have a million announcements to talk about and key gameplay changes and make Asia great gains and capped modes and snaky progression trails and loads of stuff. So let's just start, right? And people, this is relatively old news maybe to a lot of people, but equally, this is going to be a proper deep dive into all these announcements, the potential implications. And I actually like the fact that there's been a week of breathing because it means that there's maybe other things that have shook out and problems or nice bits. You know, I think in the heat of the moment, reacting to this is always great fun. Gets a few more clicks, whatever else. But equally, maybe it's a bit raw. So, no better place to start than January 18th, eight days ago now at time of recording. It'll be nine days ago whenever the podcast goes out. Introducing key gameplay updates for So Rare Football 2023. Before, without getting into any nitty gritty, in a nutshell, in your head, were you happy? Were you sad? Were you indifferent? Just give me that before we start. 
no, I think yeah, le- leaning leaning towards the happy side. Yeah, me too. Okay, so let, let's get into why. Uh, I, there's a lot of reading here. Do I really want to read all this? I feel like we should go through it all. All right, in a nutshell, okay, I'm gonna read this like quickly. Um, major upgrades to gameplay, part of the 2023 roadmap. The announcement includes details on loads of stuff. Um, the change is built upon the recent announcement of the Ethereum thresholds across all scarcities, which are coming in in three days after this podcast goes out. Isn't it the 30th? Um, so there'll be a lot of content about that coming out and maybe talk about it a lot next week, um, maybe a bit this week. A detailed look at updates to the manager progression through new competitions, leaderboards and other features and enhancements to overall gameplay via upgrades to the manager homepage, club shop experience and training feature. So refining manager progression. They basically want to make it... a easier path of progression a more i don't know succinct or or like this is what the path should be and there's a big graphic on that blog i'll maybe put a link to the blog below or you can just search so rare medium and you'll find it but it's essentially this big snake and we will get to it later of kind of like cap 220 240 270 all-star regions you can go down to the kickoff then and rare so that once you win your rare reward you go into rare same kind of line and then once you win your super rare you can kick off into super rare and then you go on and you can kick off into unique and so on so it's this kind of big progression trail of you play with shit limiteds you play with shit slightly shitter limiteds you play with okay limiteds you get lucky and win a rare you play rare kickoff with your limiteds you win some more rares you win a super rare with your rares you play super rare kickoff that's kind of the idea they have isn't it so I suppose yeah. we'll probably get into that graphic shortly, but that that's the, the idea, refining the progression. Introducing league-specific competitions. So um, they built the found, building on the foundation set by the Global Cup and the La Liga Santander draft beta. They're introducing league-specific competitions for some of the more popular leagues. Starting in Game Week 340, which is live right now, you can compete in the German Bundesliga, Italian Serie A, Spanish, and the First League of France. We'll follow up with MLS-specifically quarter closer to that. In addition to common draft, league-specific competitions will only be available in the limited card scarcity. Right. In a, basically here, what they're doing is they're creating a free-to-play mode for specific leagues, the biggest leagues. Good for onboarding, like people from specific countries. Is it a bit confusing or is it just not confusing? Maybe it's uh, it's probably less confusing than Champion and Challenger just to have different leagues. Yeah, I think it, you know, Champion and Challenger, you know, I think back to when I joined the platform, I had no idea what Champion and Challenger mm. meant. And I don't think that so rare, you know, in their history been terribly good at explaining that unless you're a sort yeah. of regular player and you, you know, sort of dive into the details. I think intuitively, if you are a new person joining, seeing La Liga Santander is going to mean more to you than Champion and Challenger Europe. So, I think in that sense, it, you know, it's great. Like I, I don't see any issues. Like I have literally nothing to complain about this. Like, you know, for yeah. me, yes, I'll probably enter. Um, will I take it seriously? Will I prioritize it? You know, probably not. Um, mm-hmm. because I've got other, other stuff, um, I'm playing. Um, is it good for new users to be able to get a taste for the game, understand the scoring, you know, kind of get a feel for how things work, um, sort of try before you buy aspect. Yes. Because if you look at the amount of users that played global cup versus the amount of users that subsequently played the, what was it? Casual mode. Is it called casual? The one where it's just comments. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Or the um, academy as well, wouldn't it? 
Yeah, uh, there was a significant drop off. Um, so it sort of points to a lack of retention there of users that maybe were engaged at the World Cup, but then just didn't feel that enthusiastic about subsequently playing the casual league. So, you know, people, I don't know about yourself, but like, I feel people tend to have their favorite league, particularly among yeah. the big five. So what's yours the chance to play what they know at prem yeah gotta yeah. be gotta be premier yeah. league so um although you know i would love a league one draft so i could play some plymouth Argyle cards but you know until that <laughs> until that day you know i'll have to you have, have to settle for the big for, boys absolutely have to settle <clears throat> um so yeah and i think that it brings a sense of familiarity which adds to an ease of onboarding like yeah. you know product the greatest products are very intuitive like you know they don't need a lot of explaining you sort of start using them and it feels very familiar so i think familiarity is a key aspect here and you know giving people the opportunity to play there in their preferred league mm. and that's that's great because not everyone is a data nerd like me and just sort of dives in and picks players purely on their statistical <laughs> output some people you know actually want to watch the game and pick their favorite favorite players from their favorite teams so um, yeah, I just think it's a good thing. Like, it's not groundbreaking, but it, it feels like a nice step mm. in the right direction for improved onboarding. In terms of that onboarding and in terms of engagement and in terms of just conquering the world of fantasy, because this is a fantasy game, <clears throat> I think it's it's actually incredible when you look at it and think that people can come in and play these common, even up to limited, these common draft, free-to-play, league-specific competitions that might have r- longer-running leaderboards. And they can win real-life rewards, once-in-a-lifetime fan experiences specific to those leagues, such as meeting football stars. There'll be lots of tickets. We know there'll be lots of jerseys. We know all these things have done in the past. If we compare that, right, again, and I I have been a guy who's played FPL for 10 or 15 years. I'm a guy who presents an FPL football, an FPL channel. So rare is leaps and bounds beyond when it comes to engagement. You care about every action a player does on a pitch, not just goals, assists, and clean sheets. Everyone has different teams. We aren't all template. At the minute, this week in FPL, if you have Rashford and you captain him, you probably don't even want him to score because other like your captain, you don't want to score. He'll get double points because other people will have him. More people will have him that get triple points, and then effective ownerships come into it. So rare kind of breaks that whole thing, and it's you feel the ownership of your players, you feel the ownership of your game, even at the free level, mm-hmm. because you're drafting certain cards. Now there will be an optimal draft, and that'll blah, 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 blah. but my point is, and this is a wee bit of a side topic. Let's pretend the Premier League comes, okay, and they have a league-specific Premier League one, and the FP- FPL is the biggest sort of fantasy product in the world in terms of numbers, over 11 million players. Just to give you an idea of the prizes they give away, okay, you can bust your balls <laughs> for 38 weeks, you can be the best out of over 11 million people, and what you will win in its entirety, and this is one person out of over 11 million, a seven-night break in the UK, including VIP hospitality at two Premier League matches, I talked to last year's winner, and apparently it was a nightmare getting those tickets, by the way. They were struggling to get the tickets. Um, A week's worth of experiences at popular tourist attractions courtesy of Visit Britain. Oh yeah, we're going to the Tower of London. You get the seven nights accommodation included. You get a Hublo connected watch. Okay, you get a copy of FIFA 23. You get a laptop computer or free smartphone, SIM-free smartphone, noise-cancelling Bluetooth headphones, 
a Nike manager jacket and an FPL goodie bag, right? Now, that, that that's all right. That That's first. You know, there's a bit there. There's a week away, blah, blah, blah. We watch whatever else. If you come fifth out of 11 million people, you get FIFA 23, some knockoff shitty Bluetooth speaker, a Nike jacket and a goodie bag. That's fifth out of 11 million people in a 38-week competition. Yeah. Ran by the Premier League. Do you know? And so rare are going to give away so much more if they get the Premier League. They'll give so much more away to La Liga. They'll give so much more away to Serie A. We, we know it. I think the problem with so rare is trusting those like distribution systems of all the assets and all the access and all the the yeah. memorabilia they have. But I just I, I look at it and I kind of go like, so you're telling me I can play this game that becomes unengaging and the viewers and players all drop off after a month? Mm. And I can graph my season off, and if I hit a 1 in 10 million shot, I might get a chance to do this. Or, I can play this other game, which in my opinion is 10 times more engaging, and every single week I have a chance at something huge. I don't know. Mm. I just don't see how it isn't incredible for onboarding. No, I think it's great. Um, It's the marketing then. It's about selling that vision, isn't it? What I've just described. It is. And I think as well is, you know, sort of use a personal example. I played FPL quite seriously, probably like seven or eight years ago. Um, you know, had a couple of, you know, really high global finishes and just felt incredibly underwhelmed at the end of the year. Because like you said, if it, you're not first, you, you, it's nothing really. Like you get a handful, like, you know, oh, congratulations, you finished, you know, 10th, here's a pen. You're like, oh, you know, like it just feels incredibly underwhelming. And the, the motivation I had for playing it was essentially office bragging rights. So this is why I like the, the fact that Sorare have added in these, um, you know, sort of mini leagues, or I know they, they were called mini leagues on, on FPL, but I can't remember what we've called it on Sorare, but the chance that you can create your own league to compete against friends. Because I think that's a big part of what keeps people in FPL is the, you know, you know enough people that are playing it and you want to get the bragging rights over your, over your friends. Because... Otherwise, on a return on investment perspective, on the hours you put in, <laughs> you really don't want to be making that calculation because I think yeah. the year that I finished, there was a year I finished in the top 1,000. And I think if I'd actually you know, done a timesheet of the, uh, the hours spent yeah. on, on getting that position, I would have been horrified because it, you know, it was it was a top 1,000, but it was like, you know, nothing, right? You know, I didn't win anything like I... You know, I got to parade around the office winding up the lads who, you know, wanted to try and beat yeah. me. But, but other than that, like, it just felt really underwhelming at the end of the year. Whereas I love, like, the, you know, the dopamine effect of SoRev, you've got this sort of cadence of bi-weekly rewards that sort of keep you engaged. But I think that seasonal aspect and the chance to compare yourself with friends over a period of time is great. But this is why I think the free-to-play aspect is good because, you know, say you, you, know, you, know, you invite a couple of friends in to play right and they're like oh yeah you know i want to play but i've you know i've got 200 quid to put in they're not going to want to compete in a league with you when they see your gallery they're going to be like oh yeah no chance so you've ruined that that opportunity to be able to sort of build an emotional connection with the game where you sort of have this sort of friendship aspect and sort of friendly rivalry to it so by essentially stripping out the monetary investment you are able to give people the flavor and feel of the game. They're able to get that sort of competitive hit they get from FPL. And, you know, maybe some of them to say, you know, actually, I I do want to, I do want to put a bit bit of money into this. Like I back myself to, to win, you know, I I know the game now. I understand the 
the differences in scoring you know yeah AAs uh, you know like, we talk about like one one video that could be fun for us to do like a difference between fpl scoring and and uh, solo scoring because mm. you know I, I remember you know if you look at picking your fpl teams that the composition is very very different because you know nobody wants defensive midfielders on yeah. on fpl like if you're not getting a decisive or you're not getting a clean sheet um you know there's literally no point whereas defensive mids on so rare can be you know like a base for a really consistent scoring output right mm. because it's all aa related so i think that that's one thing that you know potentially fpl managers might not intuitively get is they're so familiar with the one method of scoring even though i think so rare's method of scoring is much better there's more to process right so you just need to yeah. you know people need to build that familiarity with it but then yeah i just think that's it right because otherwise if you think about engagement and you think about user retention you think about user conversion to purchase you think about user lifetime value all of that stops if you come in and go oh that's a bit too much you know i, I don't feel comfortable you know investing that much in the platform how do people feel comfortable investing in the platform you know they build their confidence they build their understanding they start to get a feeling for you know what actually i could I could make a return out of this. I could win. You know, I, I, I want to win at a higher level. And being able to have a free-to-play mode that allows users to feel, build familiarity, feel more confident with how they interact with the platform can only be a positive. Um, but I just think, like, you know, one thing I would say is it's all very well adding the game modes, but I really think so we need to ramp up their educational content. And, you know, like, it's the sort of CRM aspect, you know, how do you communicate with new users via email um how you know how are you how are you thinking about onboarding journeys onboarding flows that build stick. or like sort of you know yeah basically help people stick around because i think mm. you know i look at I, I sort of stuck the um my referral link in my twitter profile a while ago right and i shared it around with a few friends and i think i've had like i don't know like 70 80 people click on that link i've not actively pushed it but I looked at it the other day, I've had like 70, 80 people, and I think only two of them have purchased yeah. a card ever. So I just think that there's this really latent potential of contactable users within SoRay's reach that just need a nudge. They need, you know, a little bit of confidence. Yeah. They need maybe, to maybe feel the Prem will be that nudge if it comes maybe, when maybe. it comes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But I think that's it. It's a combination of having the license having engaging gameplay and having sufficient educational content that people understand what they need to do. And I think that, you know, it's all very well having content creators fill that void to an extent, but with all due respect, not everyone who onboards onto SoRare will immediately know where to go and look for content creators. Yeah. So there will be a section of the user base that have that void filled by content creators. But I can guess that there's a probably significantly greater proportion of users who come in and bounce back out because they just don't immediately understand what yeah. they're supposed to do. And this sounds like something a content creator would say, but until they nail down their own flows and educational content and little highlighted bits and this is this, this is what mm -hmm. this does, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Even a section where it's like tutorial content and it's even just... Yeah. Whatever the YouTube SEO says, if it's me, if it's Quinny, if it's Harry, whoever it is, mm -hmm. just it's hard because then politics comes into it and who do you give the tutorial to and blah, 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 blah. 
But like whatever the fairest way is, if there was an area where they could actively kind of share the community's tutorials, I'll be putting out a new tutorial next week. But like, and it's going to be in depth. Um, I need to do a 2023 one, so I'll probably do one mm-hmm. next week. It might be the week after. I'll see. I did one last January. I did one the January before, and I've been slipping this month. I'm still rocking the 2022 still, tutorial, and it's still got six days. I'm waiting for the um, the thresholds to come out, and then I'll have like you know the, the sort of UI of thresholdy bits around the site that I can click around and show, and and, and the price pools. You know, the price you want to understand what's actually up for grabs in these exactly. You know, uh, incredible amount of capped modes that are incoming. So that'll be coming out soon. But the thing is, like you know, that that, that tutorial, like I'll be quite biased. It'll probably be twenty five mm-hmm. minutes long, and it will be all encompassing with timestamps, the whole shebang. It will tell everyone everything they need to know. The problem is, people finding that you know, um, mm-hmm. or other similar content, as you're right. But anyway, to move on through this, right. The draft based on boarding and amateur competition, right? Um, launching a new draft based on boarding experience with common cards in the yeah. new league specific amateur competition to be followed by semi pro and pro. Detail below as you progress. Um, basically, managers love to compete on a level playing field and test your skills. So they're implementing that philosophy. It's like what you mentioned, Tackers, about like, you know, if I bring a mate in, he look at my gallery and say, no way. If they can come in and play at me on a level playing field, they'll be over the moon. Um, previously you want a random assortment and it might be guys from clubs that you didn't give a shit about but now it'll be you select the league and you draft the squads so you're getting players you believe in or want from the get-go it's just uh, so much better it's that whole so like random better. random allocation was just ridiculous. yeah it's just like what's a maziz do you know what's a josh cullen what's yeah. a hans vanneken like the amount of people who wouldn't have had a clue with these players um you basically have a 400-point cap to select eight players. Last 15 determines the points value. If a player's L15 is less than 40, their budget value is set at 40, so there's a minimum of 40. Um, maximum of two players from the same club. Any recruitment points remaining from the draft or swaps will carry over. Um, positions was a bit of drama about this, wasn't it? I imagine you were right at the forefront of that. Oh, this is a capped mode. This isn't, this isn't for... Oh, it for doesn't matter for the draft? Doesn't. Oh, because yeah. they just have our position. Because it will only be, give you the opportunity to pick the current position in the ah, draft okay. mode. Cool. Um, so but we, yeah, we'll we get can, on we that. can talk about we can talk about the little trick that never was a little trick when it came to out of position players. But um, cool, I'm devastated by that one. So card swaps um, every game week. You can swap two of your draft common cards. Basically, you swap it. Um, you get the original budget back that you spent, and then you use that acquired budget to buy remaining points to add a new card. So basically, you can make two transfers a week is the kind of idea. Um, it's a new chapter for common cards. The big reset was not part of it. Uh, once we fully launched a new yeah, draft based on old. Yeah, we'll remove the following features that we believe are unnecessary and clutter the path. The academy competition, it was a valuable test. It's gone. Casual. Instead of that, you can continue to play um, private leagues with friends and whatever else. Onboarding common card packs and daily drops. So our data, they're all, that's all gone. Basically, it's all the draft, all the level playing field. But the mass, the 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 end of common cards in our galleries to an extent. Mm. Yeah, disappointing. Yeah. I loved I loved the Messi and Neymar's that I had to train up. You know, how do you how do you honestly in... feel about it though? 
Well, you probably did training. like them actually for training. You pop them in with other players. And yeah, they yeah, so they were great for they I, were great for training. But from like a yeah. newcomer perspective, do you think this was like a bit much for like someone who's grafted commons? And I think the problem was we all got gifted the best commons in the game after the Global Cup, didn't we? Yeah, really. But like, I don't know. Like, I feel I can kind of like. I suppose this brings us into training because I think it's all wrapped up. I enjoyed training because it was an opportunity to tactically build XP on your cards. So like having a messy common, for example, hmm. would help increase the XP on the cards that you put in a training lineup with him because the training XP was determined by the team score. So the way I used to split it was I'd have like three cards I really liked and wanted to train the XP up with, with two commons that I thought would would absolutely smack so you know like out of season carla's gill for example i've had him in with like messi and neymar and you know um like uh franco armani for example for river it's like the cards that i really want to train up i'm gonna put in people you know training was a frustrating experience at times particularly when they just randomly wipe your lineup so you'd have to go and reset them all because that, that happened a few times but ultimately should it be easy like should there be a benefit for people that want to put a bit of time and effort in like you know constantly everyone's talking about skill there's balance yeah absolutely but i in, when we talk about balance i don't think the new training strikes that balance really i don't like yeah, three, having too like, easy well no it's, it's too limiting like it doesn't scale like you have three lineups and that's it so what do you think that that's maybe a way that in the future you know through this is an idea i had through the the club shop through winning mm. competitions through topping training leaderboards if that's a thing you could mm. unlock extra training slots but then they said they'd made the change for simplicity if if yeah, they're doing right. if they unlock extra training slots then all they're doing is taking it back to us as a gift later mm. which i just think is really is really poor like, what I feel a much better option would have been, like the current the current option does not scale unless they allow us to win extra training slots. And then it's like, okay, well, you've said that you wanted to do this for simplicity and actually all you're doing is trying to give us back something we already had and make a theme around it. What, like, what I don't like is that it just, as it currently is with three line training lineups, it doesn't scale at all. Right. So the whole point of the game, particularly with capped mode, is it's encouraging you to build depth in your gallery. But if you can't train the depth in your gallery, you know, they just sort of passively get XP and they're sort of like there and you forget about it. It's like it's removed an element of skill from the game. Right. And so, yeah. you know, effort effort is is correlated to, to skill. Then, you know, you could put the time in if you wanted to, or you could choose to not put the time in. The people that chose to put the time in got a very slight advantage. Mm. Okay, brilliant. What I would much prefer to have seen, if they wanted to reduce the mental load, right? 
because I, I get that. Like when you have like a couple of training lineups, it can get really tedious to go through. No, but if they want to reduce you the go, mental load, I, I don't think it's a mental load question. I think like people love the strategy, and people would love to sit down for ten minutes, mm. fifteen minutes, twenty minutes, and mm. do the training, and then oh yeah, I'm going to put him with him this week. That's great. Oh, but if I do this and stack him mm. there, that's great. No, there's more chemistry here, so I get this. I think people want an engaging mm. experience. I think the issue is when people, as you say, the scalability. When you've got three hundred mm. cards, even yeah. if you put in mindless clicking. Without putting in any brain work, mindlessly, mm. it's like 40 minutes of clicking. Yeah. And that's just not but, on. But that's thinking about like mega size galleries, right? Yeah. At the moment, if you you know, if you have more than like 20 cards, you can't train them, right? They just yeah. sort of passively get XP, which I think is a, a step to like disengage users. Here's a like honestly, I feel this is a much better proposal. You have one single training lineup. And the performance of that one single training lineup determines the points that all of the players that were not in lineups get that week. Then you right? care about it. Then you care, right? Because it, it scales. It infinitely scales. Regardless of the size of your gallery, you have one single training lineup. And depending on how that training lineup does, then everyone in your gallery that's not in an active team, because otherwise you could end up like getting double XP, yeah. right? If you've got like your all-star team, they're, they're out because they're in a lineup. Any unselected players get the XP that your one training lineup wins. How can you then layer on top of that and make it engaging? Oh, cool. This week, uh, training is only players who are over 32. Or this week, training can only, you know, it's a capped training mode. Like they could just cycle through different challenges with one single training lineup and then just apply that to every card in your gallery. I feel that is a much fairer, more engaging way of scaling. And like it scales to managers regardless of whatever size that the gallery they have. Because at the moment, I'm just like, okay, cool. I've got more than 15 cards. Well, that's a bit shit. Mm. Is is honestly how I feel about that. Like, I, and I'll, I'll be honest. Like that, I just you know, I just feel like it was a a weird step to make. It's like, okay, what are you what are you trying to achieve? You're trying to like mm. give people the opportunity to spend less time. Okay, well, what about the people that were happy to spend more time? You know, it, it's not really a lot of skill now to it it's just more restrictive mm. I, I like your idea i mm. do I, I love that idea because what, what i really like is the the idea of adding stakes to it all where it's like i will actively check my training lineup then and i'll be like Absolutely. get in the whole team's getting we're all eating well tonight you know like everyone's mm. getting some some reason i can't fit coop miners in a team he goes in there and he scores a penalty and gets an assist for atlanta bangs in 100 and it's like king coops get in all the boys are eating well we're all getting xp tonight that's exciting yeah. or like the idea of leaderboards with it the idea of stakes with it at the minute i do agree with what you say i think three slots is a bit it's not enough um it's enough for probably the majority of managers. It's not enough for the engaged managers. Um, mm. And I and think, you, like, like, why would you want to disengage some of the most engaged managers in the game? I actually didn't check. You're right. I didn't check my last week's training. Training teams. Oh, last don't week. tell me you've not put training lineups in, John. They've already disengaged you. No, this week I did, but last week I didn't. So this week, oh, I had a Pamacano in a training team. Double XP, big dog. I'm celebrating, even though I should have had a 100 score in an under-23 team. Just let me have it. Just just let me have it. Don't give me shit. Yeah. Um, I played Mickey Vandeven instead. No, I didn't. That's a lie. Oh, Jesus Christ, I did. Why would I have done that? Because Wolfsburg are absolutely flying at the moment. 
I, can, I know, but still, it's a power mechanic. I don't know. Anyway, it's done. Um, yeah, but Amper Mechanic got a, Did he get a goal? Was it a decisive? Assist. He passed it. He did a wee oh. sideways pass to Kimmich in the like 90th minute, and Kimmich absolutely thunderfucked it into the top right corner from like 35 <laughs> yards. Did you see it? Yeah. I haven't. But oh, it does make me laugh sometimes when you get these assists it. where it's like you've not done a thing to He literally goal, just sideways right? pass. Kimmich turns and goes, I'm had enough of this, and just mm. absolutely head over the ball, drills it. Top right bin off the crossbar and in to draw a level in like the 90th minute. Absolute belter. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's keep moving. Ugh, can we just talking through that? Oh, it's new cat chapter, common cards, all that's gone. Basically, the big reset of, of commons gets a lot of clutter away. Like, again, what I like about this is, you know, if we're all competing in casual modes and all the people pre-Global Cup have all the Donnarumas and the Messis and the Mbappes and the Neymars, and then you want to onboard a new wave of people, and then ultimately they're going to be coming in and having to start a game. I don't know, it would never have been a level playing field and new, new users wouldn't have had a chance. So I understand why they've done this. If we move on to the league-specific semi-pro... level playing field in training or... I was thinking more in casual. like in, in casual, if they had kept yeah. it. So I'm saying like the, yeah. the change makes sense. Yeah. Um, the step two, so there's multiple steps to this whole like onboarding experience. They start out for free. Once a master is, once a manager has mastered the common draft competition and won their first limited card, it's time for them to consider their next step up the football ladder. The league-specific semi-pro competition, so there'll be semi-pro Serie A, a semi-pro La Liga, requires just one limited card to compete along with drafted common cards. So you'll get your limited that you've won or you've bought, and you can, oh... Do you have to win to advance this? Or I assume you can enter it if you go and buy one. Of course you can. It's the mm. perfect opportunity for you to prove yourselves and compete with managers at a similar experience level and win better rewards. So basically, you'll get to still use those drafted cards and you can chuck in a limited as well. I think we get onto the rules of that, but the, the captain has to be the limited. So if you chuck a limited in, he's going to be your captain. You get a 50% captain bonus um, and it's all league-specific players. Then once you get out of that... You go into the league-specific pro, which is 270 cap points. Four or five limited cards. League-specific players only. 50% cap and bonus. Cap must be a limited. And 270 points. Total sum of the L15 scores and player XP applies. So you're kind of sprinkling in a bit of the XP to them. Um, And then, geez, this is a long old document. So we've got to that point. And that, do you like that kind of idea of progression? Yeah. Yeah, we could dwell sense. on all these things for 10 years, but there's so much to get through. You can flex your so rare pro expertise. At this stage, a so rare manager would have proved their skills at the league-specific level and would have all the tools to become a manager at the global level. From here, there's a number of ways so rare manager can plan their next move as they take their pro skills one step closer to global stardom. You can choose to compete in the cap competitions. So there's the cap 220, there'll be the 240, and there'll be the 270. So 240 will be the threshold one. Um, across all scarcities cap 220 uh, that's kind of like the new underdog to an extent but you can have up yep. to one card of the lower scarcity allowed in the lineup so if you're playing i imagine rare cap 220 you can have one limited am i butchering this or is that right maybe the the we determine so. the we yeah. some maybe essentially it, it acts as underdog because if you look at the yeah. cap amount you feasibly could play 220 with four cards and a mm. dmp and be competitive yeah, you just go for four better. Yeah, scrap the goalkeeper, go yeah. for four better outfielders. Like as a, as a choice, like you, you you could consider that. Like I would consider doing that at super rare level because I don't want to have to buy another super rare goalkeeper. But you know, having you know four players that sit under a two twenty cap, you're not losing out, right? Because mm. if you look at like a two forty cap, to get four players out of two forty, they're going to have to be absolutely elite. Mm. 
and you're, you're sort of holding yourself back. I don't think you're holding yourself back as much playing four cards at capture twenty. That's in, that's actually gonna, there's gonna be a lot of strategy around that. That's another video. The ta- then a cap two seventy, you know, two seventy across five players. That they're decent averages, particularly dog. if you yeah. bring in like a goalkeeper who's shooting a forty average or something or whatever the yeah. optimal thing is. You could legitimately have some big big hitters there. Um, so there's a wee recap graphic here. Maybe I can pull it up again. It's gonna be a hard watch for the youtubers because i haven't planned for this maybe i need to start planning that i'm going to show things if you're listening i'm sorry but if you're watching you can see this uh cap 220 goes to cap 240 then you go to cap 270 if you were to win a rare card um you can go down to rare kickoff we're about to get on to kickoff and then all star and regions have five limits so you can go on and just ply into limited zen and just play all the regions we all play at the minute um Next up, we have the permanent kickoffs. So we're excited to announce that the hugely popular kickoff competitions will be permanent across all scarcities. Once you've mastered the limited, you're the rare kickoff tournament. It's a perfect introduction to move up the so rare ladder. Um, in each scarcity, we will have permanent kickoff competitions to facilitate progression. Note the kickoff competitions are restricted to managers who have fewer than 10 cards of the scarcity competition they're competing in. This rule may change in a future update. So that means we can't, I assume you can't play super rare kickoff. No. no, but now you might think, mm, if I go and get a unique, I can play unique kickoff. Yeah, you might potentially. That's the potentially. idea. Isn't that's it? the idea. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's interesting though because I was looking at it the other day, and I couldn't play super rare kickoff because I've got a load of super rares in like Asia and America. But they had like zero utility in that week. So I think I only had like seven super rares available that week. Yeah. But I couldn't play super rare kickoff because it wants less than 10 in your gallery. So I wonder how a potential change to that could be like less than 10 eligible super rares in a week. Mm. In like in in the game week rather than in your gallery, I feel like there's a potential nuance around like the super rare usage there because, you know, like there's going to be midweeks, for example, where you know you might have like thirty super rares but only like two super rares playing, so you can't actually yeah. put a lineup. Like I don't know how many super rares I've got. I need to have a look actually. One second, because I, I wouldn't call myself. I'm nowhere near competitive. I've never won anything, um, in the super rare division, but I have. How many do I have? I've got 36 super rare cards and I've never won anything in the super rare division. Yeah, I'm probably similar. I think I have like a few rag. <laughs> like I, I have, mm-hmm. I've got like 40 or 45 or something super rares. But there's, yeah. I'd say honestly like 80% of them don't play. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, uh, yeah, I, I know what you mean. Um, But what I got excited about. I wonder people... if that will change. Because like, I know they sort of kept it as like, we'll review it and yeah. sort of see how things go. But I feel like as the scarcities, as the cards get scarcer, there might be a consideration around that, right? Because if feasibly, if you have 10 rare cards, the chance of you competing in all-star rare is good, right? Mm. If you have 10 super rare cards, it's not guaranteed that you're able to be competing in all-star super rare. Yeah, unless you're a wheel and have all um, the big boys. Well, yeah, it becomes like a quality yeah. is a really big issue because of the, Quality, yeah. the amount of prizes. And I think this is my sort of hesitancy at the moment in sort of talking about my true feelings on these new cap modes is I like the gameplay I really do mm. but we don't know what the prizes are going to be yet well 
this isn't answering your question at all, but people might have heard a gasp, and I just saw the unique kickoff for the first time. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I didn't see it. I haven't really I've been busy this week. Unique kickoff yeah. has three uniques up for grabs. They're all tier threes. There's currently 28 entries. The reason this excited mm-hmm. me is because I actually do now have like a couple of super rare goalkeepers, right? So Hiradeki mm-hmm. has Dortmund this week. I could chuck him in here, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, a defender like Isamandi's getting a bit of game time now, but I probably don't trust him for a rare pro. Or, or like, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Then we get into midfield. Is my... Oh, I bet he's not playing. Nicholas Dorsch is kind of coming back mm-hmm. into contention. Benjamin Andre, why is he not here? Must have him in a training lineup. Ping in Benjamin Andre. Surely he's playing. Ah, oh, come on, man. Surely Jonathan David's playing, so Benjamin Andre must have a fixture. Sorry, I'm having a wee, like, hernia here. It's not showing me. Surprise, he's transferred to Saudi and you missed it. Don't do that to me. <laughs> Seriously, Sorry. it's not showing him. Why is it not showing him? Anyway, my point is yeah. here, this is, I, the reason I actually picked up a few uniques, as silly as it maybe sounded, oh yeah, I think it's just playing about, was that I, I kind of liked the idea of um, being able to enter the kickoff. So, mm-hmm. And I know it was maybe a wee bit of a, you know, John, why are you picking up your next center kickoff? But, like, I just kind of wanted to get on that ladder. But now, like, feasibly, I could stick out a wee team into unique kickoff. And I can you can put into two up to two uniques in it. There's no bonus. This Aziz Behic that I'm never, ever using. He's up against Celtic this week. But lob him in, Captain Bloody Dorsch or Benjamin Andre or something. I might be starting to pick up a few Tier 3 uniques every so often. Mm. Maybe. Yeah. But then again, YNWA is probably going to win that every week because he has such a surplus of uniques and super rares. Well, he won't be able to play it, will he? Because it's the same rules. It's Boom! less than 10 uniques. Get in! There we go. John, Viva John la... whale of unique kickoff. Here we go. Viva la unique minnows or something. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. Like I, Maybe. Because I had a unique and I sold it. But he would have been perfect because you've got to have less than fifty-five average, haven't you, for the kickoff? What are the requirements? Here? I think there's a limit. I haven't looked into it too much. Yet, ah, that's I why Benjamin Andre a... can't be picked. Ah, there we go. That's why he's not playing. So yeah, there's a, a limit on their L15. So I think it because I had Horovsky of Gank, like he would have been perfect for this. Just like that sort of like defensive midfielder who just like. Mm score um average because he could have been played in this most weeks but i i don't i i think i'd want to see the prizes first and like the composition of the prizes and you know how how does that work out in reality what do the quality of prizes look like because yeah they're all gonna be shite tier threes but i think if you can just get oh go for oh no i was gonna say but you know sometimes tier threes can can be great right exactly was a tier three of their career yeah they catch a play at the beginning of their career or someone that maybe transfers, that's great. Like, I wouldn't mind winning tier threes of high scarcity cards. But um, I suppose the challenge is, is like, what does that look like on a week-by-week basis? Because mm. playing kickoff, if you have, like, one unique and you purchase one unique and he does well and he tips above that 55 or 15, then you can't really do anything with that card until until they get worse again right yeah um or are they going to be good enough to put in a you know maybe a d2 side right because you can still play one unique in super rare right yeah um they're stripping the rare out of super rare but you can still play the unique so 
uh, you know, for me at the moment, I intend to play rare capped. I intend to play super rare capped. I will reserve judgment on unique kickoff and like limited capped until mm. I see what the prices are. Because, you know, if they end up going and sticking like tier zero rares into limited capped, then I'm going to want to play it. Right. Mm. You know, I won a Alejandro Balde the other week in midweek for third place in limited um, specialist. It's like he was like a 0.5 ETH card. It's like the, yeah. one of the best rewards I've had in weeks. And it was from like a, a lineup that cost me like £7.30 because I went, oh, he's looking good this week. He's mm. cheap. I'll grab him. So, you know, it all really depends on the scarcity tiering of the prizes that they put in, whether or not I sort of take that more seriously. Yeah. Because when you see the prize um, pools really to strategize yeah. properly. Yeah. Um, there was a couple of things. The oh, yeah, well, I think like, we're kind of done with that whole bit. It, it's very hard, to, it's not really great audio. Um, it's better that you go and just kind of look at it, but ultimately, we've got this kind of now we've got a pathway of like you play limited, you scale up the, the averages to the cap 270, you can continue to dwell there in all star, or if you win a rare, you go off into kickoff and you start your rare journey. Same happens to super rare, same happens to unique. Um, there were a mo- number of other things on the roadmap there, the new leaderboards. So there's going to be monthly leaderboards and seasonal lead- leaderboards across select competitions, similar to the overall leaderboard at the Sora Global Cup. They'll offer usual rewards as well as exclusive football experiences. We're talking about a flight with your favourite club, attending training sessions, meeting your favourite players, VIP experience, the biggest derbies and much more. So you imagine like at the start of the season, next season, you know, there will be grand prizes put up for each league where you have massive experiences in every domestic league. Um, revamping the manager homepage. Basically, they're making their homepage your headquarters to track progress, connect with friends and more. Um, part of this is closely aligned with our plans to revamp your game lobby experience. Significant change in how managers will experience so we're going forward. The manager dashboard will put you at the center of your game, making the experience much more personal. Expect continual improvements over the coming months. Yeah, I think like it's always been a problem whenever like you think of it. Everyone uses so rare data. Like Everyone monitors their lineups every week with so rare data. You know, I can see so rare kind of copying them a little bit, maybe, because it's just such a tried and tested formula. Like, and that's where the, the the plug comes in, I suppose. The sponsors of this show, so rare data, use them every day. The only place I follow my lineups, I don't use the so rare app because it is it isn't there yet. But like, I couldn't. Was that my dog or your dog? It's your dog. I had a heart attack because it sounded exactly like my dog, and my dog shouldn't be anywhere near me. So I was like, what on earth is he doing here? Um, but so rare data, uh, you can sign up for two weeks at their top tier, the start here, and give everyone a crack um, using the link below or the referral code John Nellis. But all uh, it, like it is the place I use to like monitor game weeks. It's a place we all use, I think. Um, I'm on a bit of a sweat at the minute. But it sounds like so rare are going to try and maybe create something similar. Uh, because it's just a nightmare to track your lineups on SoRare itself at the minute, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it is a bit. I don't. I have the SoRare app installed. I just don't use it. I'll be honest. Um, I think SoRare yeah. data is um, a much more user-friendly, intuitive experience at this moment in time. Um, what I did notice, though, I think they only just announced it maybe today or yesterday, is SoRare have start started pulling in injury and suspension news into we're getting the, to that. Uh, selection we can talk about it now but we're getting to that no, i think it's good I, yeah I, let's just ping it out there now it's yeah. that in a nutshell uh in the actual azure lineup building 
they've got injuries and suspensions it's made significant injury updates so not niggles reference about acls and stuff you'll know mm-hmm. and then suspensions for players in the top five leagues um they're not a, it said they're doing it for the players in the top five leagues but suspension updates aren't available for the Serie A. so they're kind of doing it for the top they're doing it for the mm-hmm. four of the top five and half of you mm-hmm. know what i mean but i think that's really good like move isn't it it's like yeah, fpl absolutely. has the like red and the yellow flags to give people an idea that they mightn't be playing yeah. um they should have the, the dmps the great second order effect of this Tell me. so they will finally know when a player has a serious injury and they can take them out of the prize pool and that's it giving us yeah. players with acls <laughs> and stars. Yeah, yeah, yeah they've been good at swapping them recently in fairness i've seen a lot of people have yeah. had like a shit reward and i know i'm not saying like that's okay because you shouldn't get the shit reward in the first place but i've seen a lot of people who have got the shit injured guy or the injured mm-hmm. goalkeeper or the guy who's retired mm-hmm. the, and then ultimately they have it resolved pretty quickly so that's yeah. but i feel like an ideal scenario is like there are no need for swaps right exactly. or there is a, exactly. less of a need for swaps so then you know having this as a data point should allow so particularly like i saw that martin terrier was awarded this week yeah. as a star and i think he did his acl like five or five or six weeks ago so um, yeah, I just think it's good. It's a nice little addition for new users, help them try and avoid DMPs. And it hopefully, if they you know, build it into their um, prize pool allocation, then they can at least catch a few of these um, injured players mm-hmm. before they give them out um, and upset people. Exactly. They're upgrading the club shop. Woohoo! Been moaning about that for a long time. And new challenges and cosmetics to celebrate your so rare victories and legacy. A training revamp, which we've discussed. Um, game week deadlines and rewards timing they threw this in here what I like okay we'll talk, start with rewards timing just mm-hmm. as a subtle one they're kind of saying um, rewards philosophy basically they want them all out I think I read somewhere it might have been subsequent to this but ultimately they want to have the game week closed by something like is it noon and then rewards issued by two hours later or four hours later or something or no, closed mm. by four and out by eight or something. But there's like a deadline mm. on it, which is great because we'll know when the rewards will be there. So streaming will be much more schedulable. Um, but the game week deadlines make Asia great again. So they, we would, the new, we would have a lot of abuse if we did not talk about it. Yeah, the again. new game week deadline time is going to be 4 p.m. Central Eastern time, um, which is 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, so that's 10 a.m. New York, 4 p.m. Paris, which is 3 p.m. UK and Ireland, with rewards delivered at, okay, four hours later, so four hours later, so basically, game week deadline will be 3 p.m. on a Friday, why am I having a brain fart here, 3 p.m. on a Friday, rewards out by 7, and 3 p.m. on a Tuesday, rewards out by 7. Okay, let's talk about the implications of this, so... I think first off what it does is it gives everyone in Europe and everyone around the world setting their lineups an edge in terms of getting that uh, press conferences from Friday afternoons which so often happen where we'll submit our lineups in the morning and so often lineups are dead within two hours because an hour later Mm -hmm. such and such comes out and says oh yeah he's picked up an eagle or he won't be playing or blah 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 blah. it's also better for the US. Yeah, I was going to say, I think a big part of this is the US. I think the they've US tried market. to make a more friendly exactly. um, submission time for the US market. If you want the NBA, if you want the MLB guys or whatever coming over to football as the football goes the other way, or if you just yeah. want to push this for the MLS coming very shortly, you know, having deadlines that are when you're asleep 
is far from ideal. So we see the likes of the the Andes and whoever else is the mm. PSUs of the world, the Yanks out there, the Jimmers. I'm trying to name Yanks. All those guys celebrating at the fact that now the the mm. first couple of hours of work can be set spending their lineups on a Friday. <laughs> um, that dog is it's it's. I love dogs, but it's scaring me because my dog shouldn't be here, and he barks exact. She barks exactly like my dog. Um. So yes, it it's great for the Yanks, but the problem comes when we go to Asia. So it's not necessarily. If I'm correct, maybe I'm wrong. I I, I was away in Paris. I kind of missed a lot of this to an extent. There's a little humble brag. Um. The. The deadline in Asia, I imagine they're like eight or ten hours ahead of us or something. So their deadline will be pretty late, but it's okay. They've all day to do it. So that's not where the issue comes in. The issue comes in more from like a, a game week perspective and closing of the game week. So if the game week closes, when the game week used to close at 10 or 11, there'd be games after that. Now what'll happen is lots of people will get double game weeks because they play a lot of their games on Friday mornings. Is that correct? So what's going to happen yeah. is a lot so of these. So it's Asian Friday teams, evening. It's Friday evening games local time that are the issue. Because Friday evening games local time used to be in the weekend game week. Now they'll be pushed into the midweek game week. Where they might have already had another game. Where they might have already had another game, exactly. And so there's two big issues that it creates. Uh, One, you know, you're you're straight up losing utility. Um, You know, you used to be covered for X amount of games. Now you aren't. what baffles me, and I saw it was like alluded to the other day because a couple of the server guys had liked a tweet about, um, you know, like best ball or you know taking the best score from the game week. That that tech exists in basketball. Yeah. Right. Double game weeks are a regular thing in basketball. Sora have the technology within their company to allow you to have the best score of the week Mm. why why are they implementing it if not why not and also why didn't they with this announcement say you know look we acknowledge that there might be a loss of utility as a result of this change but to minimize the impact of that we are introducing best score counts Mm. right that would have alleviated a lot of the frustration because it it kind of came across like they hadn't really considered it you know and i listened to the twitter spaces the other day and they weren't even really that locked in on like knowing how many games it affected and then there was a couple of different numbers banded around and then it's like okay but the actual impact here comes from splitting right because if you're say you're someone right and you're playing k-league and you've got a goalkeeper and a defender from FC Seoul, and you've got, you know, Daegu forward, and you've got a couple of midfielders from Ulsan. Historically, you would be able to line that team up at the weekend game week. Now, suddenly, if any one of those teams goes into midweek, you then don't have a lineup for two consecutive weeks, right? So actually, you know, I've got a couple of, like, absolute smashes in the k-league like i've got sasenia i've got kim day one you know i've got a bunch of players right i acknowledge the loss of utility but because of the depth of my gallery i will be able to sustain that right because i'm likely to have a goalkeeper player midweek and then i'll have a couple of different options at the weekend you know i can still get lineups out with these players this really really hurts smaller galleries Mm. that that you know don't have 
multiple goalkeeping options, right? Because if their goalkeeper's suddenly been pulled into the midweek because of the timing change, that's that whole week dead for them. Yeah. They can't play in the midweek because they don't have outfielders. They can't play at the weekend because they don't have a goalkeeper. And I feel like this has just been massively overlooked. And then they were talking about the games. Oh, you know, there might be this number of games affected, might be that number of games affected. But what they, I think they've completely overlooked is the Asian Champions League, which they also cover. But the fixtures haven't been confirmed yet. So the best sides, like the sides in the K-League you want to have, like Gionburg and Ulsan, the sides that are in Asian Champions League, that adds extra midweek games. So mm. that then is also going to hit that double double um, double game week aspect, and it's going to remove utility because whereas you would have had historically like the Champions League game midweek, league game at the weekend, if that league game falls on the Friday, then suddenly you've got two games in the midweek and nothing at the weekend. So it just really just shakes up a load of stuff and planning. And I just feel like the decision was clearly made because they wanted to allow European managers to listen to you know, the press conferences. They wanted a more favourable deadline for managers in the US. And it was like they were so heart set on doing that that I don't really think they fully appreciate the implications. Mm. And I just feel like if they said, look, you know, we understand what this does, but to soften the blow, if you have a double game week, we'll take the best score. Like, I feel that's a fair resolution for everyone, right? Mm. It's not as great as it was, but it's not a complete, like, you know, culling of utility. And I feel like that's just, they weren't, you know, I just didn't feel they were that hot on the numbers in the Twitter spaces. And I'm just like, if you've made a change that actively reduces utility of cards, you should be aware of how much utility you are removing. Yeah. I, th I think when yeah. I initially came out uh, on the 18th mm. of January, my tweet was, my initial gut feeling this is incredible for progression in the long term of the game. The common removal leans a clean slate. Oh, geez, losing most cards here, blah, blah, blah. This was me on the move, just fucking tweeting something out. Um... The new deadline upside for the US and Europe outweighs downside for Asia, in my opinion. Now, that was my opinion two minutes after the bloody thing. Without thinking of any of this, realistically, I think it like there has to be a fix. There has to be something changed. This can't stay because the big thing I overlooked, whatever about a double game week and you lose a wee bit of utility, but then they go, oh, but there isn't actually that much utility lost. There's X amount of games per season, blah, blah, blah. It's still lost utility, but I think like in that case, you kind of look at it and you go, okay, a few of these cards are losing a bit of utility. It's shit for some managers, but maybe in the grander scheme of things, it's a positive in my head. People might disagree. But whenever you start to bring in the element of, as you say, splitting up stack, not stacks, but splitting up lineups people have between, like the the inability to put a like a a team in for your the weekend. If you live in Asia, if you don't live in Asia and you want to play Asian so rare, and you want to put a team in for the weekend, oh, but my goalkeeper plays midweek. It's a Friday night, you know that's not on. That's bullshit. So yes, maybe easing the blow is letting the best ball count, and that'll help. I think the other, like it ha happened recently with Feyenoord, I think, where Koku had a shitter or a great score and whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had that. Szymanski yeah. stunk in the first game, had an absolute like not like a ninety odd pointer in the second game. Yeah, and then you that that ninety's burnt. So I still think like whatever they do, that's a big issue. You know the idea that like why would anyone build a full Asian team then or a full K League team, a full J League team if you're gonna be cut out a lot of weeks because all it's it takes is one. If you have five players from five different teams, the chances are one of them's probably going to play on the Friday night and then you're screwed. Yeah. 
So you quite do, a few need, you do need depth coming in on a budget and your first steps in the limited now being in the J League is probably not really ideal. And on top of that, I've seen a graphic that went out a while ago where the second most, like I don't know if the most cards are probably from the Belgian Pro League, I imagine, because they were the first. And then it goes mm-hmm. to like J League. Like yeah. so there's a lot of cards out there from the J League, mm-hmm. the second most of any league in the platform. So it's going to upset a lot of people. So yeah, as it's And they're stands, also more budget friendly, right? You know, yeah, budget, exactly. the cards, a lot of the cards are more affordable, so it hits, you know, smaller managers with lower budgets. Yeah. Most, right. I honestly exactly. like and I say that, like I can I can absorb this because I've got a big gallery, right? It frustrates, it hurts a little bit that I'm gonna lose some utility on some of the cards, but I can still get up lineups mm. out, out lineups every week. There'll be people now that as a result of this will not be able to get up out lineups anymore. And yeah. I think that's a shame. But what you know, there's a bunch of different ways they could solve this, right? You know, they could have had a different deadline for different tournaments, right? You know, yeah. Asia starts hour before the first game. US start America starts. What about hour rolling locks? Does it just work, or does it still well, come an issue? Because there might be a game here that kicks off at six o'clock. Well, it, it all depends on it. All depends on how they do it, right? But the the thing is, we can speculate on a bunch of different. Here's how they could fix it. But we don't have visibility on whether that's technically feasible for so rare at this moment in time or how long it would take to be technically feasible. The baffling thing to me is that best ball exists in basketball and they've not ported it across to football. Yeah. Like that is a solution that exists within the so rare world that could be applied to football if they wanted to. I think everyone wants it as well. I don't think there's anyone going, no, that's a bad idea. That only. Yeah benefits the such and such is exactly. but if we're okay if we're, like, if we're saying this sorry if we're saying this and we see it as a no-brainer right hmm. right if i think it's a no-brainer and you think it's a no-brainer and i think most of the community hmm. thinks it's a no-brainer it's probably going to happen so therefore just say do we just go and buy j league cards now <laughs> assuming it's going to happen with the downturn in sentiment there if their prices went down or anything off the back of this yeah yeah a couple have they have. And I, I was looking at it the other day. It's like, I was like, I want to go and grab a couple more K-League cards. Because... A senior. They're going to fix it, in my opinion. They, they, they can't let that stand. No. But this is the thing, right? And also as well, it's like, they, you've got senior, you know, senior people within Sora liking tweets, talking about, you know, bringing best score to football. Just, just say. Like, you know, look guys, we, we acknowledge the, the change, the impact of this change, but to mitigate some of that, we're going to introduce best score. Mm. You know, we're working on it. It's coming. Like, because uh, otherwise you've just like disenfranchised a bunch of people who are upset and feel like utility has been cut from their cards. And, and you know, Sarah kind of have been a bit like almost a bit blase about it is the feeling that I get. Mm. And um, that, that sort of concerns me a little bit, right? That you can just sort of like wipe utility from a card and just like not necessarily be that. Um, I don't even think apologetic is the right word, but like uh, you need to understand what you've done. Yeah. You need to understand the impact of the change that you've made. And I just didn't feel like from the Twitter spaces, I just didn't feel like they had their finger on the pulse with regards to understanding the impact mm. of the change they had made. Well, let's hope they, they put it right because it definitely isn't right as it stands. Um, hashtag make Asia great again. Is that is that the hashtag we're running with? I think so. It was it was oh. tweeted quite a lot. We had quite a few cool. hashtag make Asia great again. So I know the UTL, great again. the UTL boys are going to be all over this. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so the next one, a couple of things. Okay, we're kind of done with that whole bit, right? There's other things. We've talked about the training. We've talked about the player data injuries and suspensions updates. Something just to throw out there. We'll not dwell too long. We've got a few minutes left. Um, the AC Milan Special Weekly is fun. Um, you get two tickets to fly with the team, go to the game. Um, it's the Champions League, is it, against Spurs? Which is really fun. So I think this type of thing, we just want to see, in my opinion, more of it across all leagues, across all teams. The more of this they can ship, yeah. the more engaging a product it becomes for Absolutely. fans. Um, just do so, it at the weekend when there's more fixtures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I think the winner won it with like 300 points, which is just yeah. like, it wouldn't get you a prize in Rare Pro most weekends. You wouldn't get a T3 with that, but, you know. I've seen that. Um, I've seen that. Yeah. Um, so that that's that. There's a couple of other bets here. Um, and Mbappe sold for pretty cheap. Um, PSU and Andy Laird talked about it. I've listened to about half of that so far. Um, but there was a cheap Mbappe bought in the night. A rare Mbappe, yeah. previously kind of going for around the 8th. Um, let me just check it out here. And then two sold back-to-back. One sold for 4.5 ETH on auction. Zarchi who picked it up at 2.51 a.m. on the 20th. Mm-hmm. And then, what, eight hours later, someone sold one as a direct offer for 4.6. Recent auction bumped back up to 6 ETH. Um, anything to take from that? He is aging out of under twenty three. Should that matter? He is, but you know the the, the price has gone back up to sixty. No. Mm. Right? Do you think like, someone just got very lucky? Yeah, honestly, I do. Like, there's been a few tech wobbles on the site recently, hasn't there? So remember, remember the in the olden days where people used to just get like complete bargains in the, mm. at times because the site went down and they'd like stuck a bid in and nobody had a chance to outbid them. Like there was a few cheap cards that went that night, I think. So I do wonder if there was some kind of the last um, bid stock type of thing. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, I've not really thought about it too much. To be honest, I just like for me, you know, there's always going to be volatility in pricing. Um, yeah. I sort of only really worry about it if I want to sell out, which I don't at this moment. Time. The, so. the ETH price is also. Yeah. Different. There's just a lot of there's a lot of economic factors to it, right? ETH yeah. is rising. We've potentially got, um, you know, hashtag when Prem. Um, you know, there's, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty around these new game modes. Like they've announced them, they haven't told us what the prizes are. People don't really know if they've got ETH in the platform. I don't know if they can confidently say where they should deploy it at this moment in time. You know, like I've got a bunch of ETH sat in my account. I've got like an ETH sat there too. Yeah. But I'm I'm waiting to see what happens with these cap mode prizes because I want to know whether you know am I doubling down on super rare, or actually is it like they was before where they've just made that potential return on investment in limited insane and all of us want to like crush down on that and you know make that more competitive because you can win star rares with cards that cost pennies, mm. you know that that's what that's what I think you know I personally want to know. Um, you know, there's, I'm sure, a lot of other economic factors that go into how people want to choose to deploy their ETH at this moment in time. Yeah, I think there's a lot of uncertainty around what's coming. Um, there's a lot of when-prems, a lot of people speculating it would have been before now, a lot of people thinking it's coming next week, a lot of people thinking it's not coming, a lot of people thinking all sorts of things. Auction volume histories on Soreditas charts here. You know, we're kind of back hovering around where we kind of normally do. There's no big peaks, there's no big spikes. 
Um, a lot of that's down to the cards that are auctioned or releases of certain leagues or releases of certain products. Um, that massive spike previously was from the NBA. But if we look at offer volume history, you know, there is actually a wee bit going on. You know, it's we're not at peaks or anything, but we're not low by any means in terms of offers and secondary. I think counters have definitely contributed to that. Um, I've had a couple of deals done via counter, which is great. Um, outside that, why am I bringing this up? I think it is just that uncertainty um the economic landscape just wider with everything that's going on nfts bear markets bloody blahs crypto the rise in eth people maybe holding eth back or want more blah 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 but the question i wanted to ask you before we hit the hay um is premier league if it comes what happens to current premier league card prices the bruno gomarez is out there the odegaard's out there the Haaland's out there the whatever's I think this is an impossible question to answer, so it's all speculation because ultimately it depends on their marketing efforts, it depends on the onboarding, it depends on a million different things, the the mm. rate at which they release cards initially. There's so much. But in your head, I have an Odegaard. Should I sell them now? So, there, for me, there is two factors that come into this, and I actually find this fascinating. You have the scarcity of the cards, which obviously, you know, take Kieran Trippier, for example, one of the best defenders mm. in the game at the moment. If he's minted at Newcastle, there will be more cards in circulation. What I find really interesting about this, and the counterpoint to that, is players tend to really rise in price if they have a very high ranking on the old SoRare data charts, right? You know, you look at the, the kid Romulo who went from like Korea, he was in K-League 1, he got like relegated to K-League 2, ended up in China, was really not a great player, went to China, became an absolute smasher, right? People piled into him, his price went from like 0.1 ETH to 1 ETH. Because he was sat at the top of those rankings. He was literally one of the best players. Trippier, the same, right? His price has really jumped up because he is top five player. What is fascinating and the counterpoint to that is the visibility that auction prices bring, that auctions bring, and the impact that auction prices have, right? Because when a player hasn't sold for a very long time, it's, you know, people are sort of testing the market. They're guessing. They're putting something out there. It might sell. It might not sell. Auction prices are auctions are a really good way of like resetting prices and saying, okay, this is the market value at this moment in time. Seeing a card coming through auction sometimes increases the visibility of it. And I've actually seen this go the other way. And I, I should have got the list of examples already. I, I'm sorry. I've been uh, busy with work, so I didn't. But there was examples before where there was a card that was out of mint and they suddenly started minting it and the price actually rose because it was sort of middle of the road card. It wasn't at the top of the SD rankings. So it was just had such a lack of visibility that the price was actually wasn't increased because nobody was really looking for that card. You know, you think of the amount of players that are on the game right now, and it's thousands of them. You know, how do you find the player that you want to buy? You know, there's a lot of factors. You know, you obviously have like friends talking to each other, recommending you look at the rankings, you look at players that scored really well in a given game week. And I've seen this really wild phenomenon before where cards just, they start rising when they're auctioned because suddenly everyone's like, oh, 
yeah, that guy's pretty decent. I'd like that guy. So I think what might happen is the cards that are literally like right at the top, like someone like Trippier might actually come down a bit. But maybe someone like Badi Shile, who is like middle of the road score and only just moved to Chelsea, if he jumps into auction with like, you know, an L15 that starts to rise and suddenly people are beginning to go, oh yeah, actually, yeah, that's a decent, decent guy there. I might have that guy. So I just think that it's, we've got this quite unique pressures like that influence price. And it's this balance between supply and demand. And actually sometimes having a card in the auctions increases demand because it, people see it and they're like, oh yeah, brilliant. I, you know, I want to get in on that. So I think it's really, really hard to tell, but I feel like it's not going to be a universal rule across a lot of them. It's going to really depend on mm. the scarcity of the card how good how high the l15 is or maybe how low the l15 is because some of them might be really useful for cap right yeah so i just think that it's you know i don't think anyone can truly say it'll go this way or it'll go that way because i think it's going to be very player dependent and i I just find that fascinating but yeah i have seen it go both ways before um Mm. i'll try i'll have a look and try to remember who it was but there was a few cards i've seen before that actually went up when they when they were minted yeah, it's a simple case of supply and demand, isn't it? We we quite often here. I'm thinking, I'm going, oh, supply, but equally the demand is huge. But the demand will be dictated by the push that's so rare, make. Absolutely. Whenever yeah. the time comes, you know, will yeah. they, if they launch the prem, how much they lean into that? You know, mm-hmm. we've seen some FPL influencers coming around now. There's drama there. We'll not get into. Um, Holly's a lovely I just person. Think that's something. That's just something over nothing, right? It's <laughs> it just is. Like, yeah, it's one of those where people act like there's malintent when really it's just maybe a bit of naivety around the intricacies mm-hmm. of the so rare landscape. You know, yeah. it's a bit confusing. But they've since changed their affiliate terms. They have. Um, I got the email today. Yeah. So, but anyway, we don't have time for that. It's been a pleasure. Um, so thanks again to SoRare Data for bringing this podcast to you. You can sign up with the link below, and you'll get two weeks free at the start here. Give it all a crack, and you can just go to rookie then for free or decide to pay if you do please use john nellis as your referral i'll get paid um and thanks to everyone that has done that so far techers anything else to say before we're over and out um no we're good thank you so much go and find his youtube it's in the description below and we'll see you soon like the video leave a review do all that and we'll see you soon bye-bye